asking the right questions will unlock your best life. They are the keys to enjoying more clarity, passion, balance, and confidence. Hi, I'm Todd Parker. And I'm Bridget Sampson. We're certified executive and life coaches, communication professors, trainers, consultants, and most importantly, parents. We're also dear friends who love diving into those deep conversations about life, relationships, family, and careers. All things about being a curious and compassionate human on this planet. So please join us, and we know you'll find something valuable that resonates with wherever you are on your journey. Welcome back to episode 17 of the Right Questions podcast. I am Todd Parker, your host and my co-host alongside me, Bridget Sampson. How are you doing today, Bridget? Doing excellent and super excited about our conversation with our guests today. Yes, same here. We have the honor of bringing on today this, not just a a wonderful human being, but a a great business leader and entrepreneur, a uh, fellow trainer and facilitator and speaker with really, and no no pun intended here, a fun topic for all of us to tackle and discuss. But I'm gonna let Bridget do the actual introduction. I just wanna introduce you to the question we're gonna tackle today. So like I said there with that pun, the question today is how can we, how can you, how can I incorporate play and creativity into our work and lives? That's what we're going to bring and discuss for you today. So Bridget, who are we talking with today? Yes, I am so excited to welcome our friend and colleague, Vun Lai-Demone. And let me tell you a little bit about her. She, as Todd already shared, she is an entrepreneur. She is the founder of WorkSmart, which is a progressive team development and leadership training company that delivers training through topic-based experts and creativity. And you've got to check out their website and all the fascinating and fun work that they do. She's a Team Prelude certified facilitator, a Lego serious play certified facilitator. We really want to hear more about that. Who loves playing with Legos? I still do, even though my kids are all grown up. I love, love building and playing. So, and she is a Google I Am Remarkable facilitator, which I am as well. So Vun and I, along with another colleague of ours, got to facilitate a workshop, an I Am Remarkable workshop together, which was an amazing experience. It was so much fun to work together. And that was just a great experience. So she is also a TEDx speaker and you have got to to watch her TEDx talk. We're going to talk about it a little bit here, but you're still going to want to watch it because it will blow your mind. Honestly, her experiences and the connections between her background, her family, and something that we're all very familiar with are going to really impress you and cause you to want to learn more. And so she also very well educated. She has her MBA with an emphasis in marketing. She's also a lovely mom and partner, a mom of uh, how you're your Nico is eight years old. Oh, that's such a fun, fun age. So Todd and Vun can, you know, share stories about what it's like to have kids in that age range and running around after them. So, so I know she has lots of fun with her son because I, I see them on doing all kinds of fun things on uh, social media. Vun is a Vietnamese refugee and has a very powerful, or that's how she came to this 
the United States and her family came to the United States fleeing the situation in Vietnam, a very powerful story about her her family's experience, her experience, what she's learned from that and what she's taken from that and how she's giving back and how that's connected to her volunteer work, some of her volunteer work. She does a lot of volunteer work, but Van, I know it's especially meaningful to you to be a volunteer for the Honor Foundation, which offers transition readiness programs for special force operators transitioning from military to civilian careers. And you work with the organization and the the location that was actually the refugee camp that your family first stayed in in San Diego. And it just gives me chills to think about that full circle kind of experience because now after your family coming through so much, you know, to make it and to be so successful where you are now in the United States and you're helping folks, you know, in that same base and in that same world to transition into civilian lives from, from military careers. So we'd love to have you tell us some more about that as well. And I could go on and on about Vun. We, we are in multiple groups together. We, you know, have some of the same friends like Kalika, who we interviewed on a previous podcast, who's been a great mentor and connector. Kalika actually introduced us. And so we want to give a shout out and thank her for bringing us together to have all these, uh, you know, great connections and exciting projects that we do together. So I'll leave it there, but you'll, uh, everybody listeners, you're definitely going to want to listen all the way through because we're going to learn so much from Vun today. So Todd. Welcome Vun. Yeah. Welcome Vun. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I am so happy to be here. And I feel like this is a reunion between the three of us. We haven't talked in a few months. So this will be fun. <laughs> I know we've worked on a number of things together and I'm sure we will in the future. We all have similar kind of, you know, openness to all different kinds of projects and new ideas and working on things together. So Vaughn, can you tell us a little bit more about your story, your history, your background is so rich and fascinating and there's so many things that we can learn from it. So just wherever you want to start, tell us about you and your background. Sure. So I think when you talked about me being a Vietnamese refugee, and I was two years old when I came here from Vietnam, and our family fled the country literally the day before the communists from the North took over the South. And my dad was a colonel in the South Vietnamese Air Force. So it really was life or death. Like if we didn't get out out of there, we saw what happened to the other people that were from the South Vietnamese military afterwards, if he had stayed. So we really were able to be one of the fortunate ones to leave the country. We only had a couple hours notice before we had to flee. And we were one of the fortunate ones who got out, right? We were just, there was just so many little miracles, so many little things that happened that allowed us to get out. And our first home here was at Camp Pendleton Marine Base in San Diego. And it is the San Diego... um, Campus of the Honor Foundation is where I do my work now, which is like you said, so like, it's just poetic and it's just beautiful that they were such a vital part of our transition into our new country. And not only do I work with their, their, their waypoint program, I literally facilitate transition night. So that is just like a magical thing for me. And I'm so honored to be able to be a small part of their transition as they were a huge part of our transition to this country. And you would think the story like that was enough, right? Life's like a big enough story. But then we get transferred to a refugee integration center up in Northern California called Hope Village. And is there that this Hollywood movie star back then, Tiffy Hedren, famous for Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds. She was a volunteer there and she just took the special interest in the women at camp. And she wanted to give them a way to start a career 
in this new country. So she brought in typists and seamstress and said, learn this skill because it's easy to learn and you can find a job easily. But these women had this curiosity around her beautiful, long, red manicured nails. And Tippy clearly could just like let that curiosity go and just say, keep typing, keep sewing. But she didn't. She took attention. She paid attention and she paused. And what that led to, I won't get into the whole story, but what that led to was all these small steps that led to these women um, earning their manicure license. And then we all got sponsored different parts of the country. My mom got sponsored. Our family got sponsored here in Santa Monica. And Tippy came to our little one-bedroom apartment, took my mom around to the salons and found her a job. And it was the Vietnamese refugees and immigrants after us who learned about the profession from my mom and her friends, their friends from them. It's now 40 plus years later, an $8.3 billion industry. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Dominated by Vietnamese Americans, you know, 80% here in California. And wow. it's just, wow. and there's so many lessons in that story, right? There's like the, like one act of kindness. Mm-hmm. I just have one a following curiosity. I just like, it's just like, I get tingles every time I tell that story. Oh, yes. So everyone, you've got to listen to Vun's TED Talk because you're, you'll hear more of that story and see the reactions of the audience. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it's hard. I know at least where we live, it's hard to find anybody. It'd be hard to find anybody who has not experienced, right, the results of these acts of kindness, this curiosity, this pursuing of going after something that started with a curiosity, right? And most of the nail salons are run and staffed by Vietnamese immigrants. So it's amazing. And it's so heartwarming to hear that it was all that it all came from curiosity and, you know, and someone and the kindness of someone's heart to say, I want to help you to build this, uh, this skill in this business and eight, did you say $8 billion industry? Yes, eight point as of as of my TEDx talk in 2019 it was eight point three billion dollars. Wow! And the title of your talk, you know, I want to make sure that people know, even though it's in the show notes, is about curiosity, right? It's the life. Ch- what if? What if? You know, we're all about questions. I know you are too, Vaughn, Right? We love the idea. So that question: What if? What if? The life changing power of curiosity and courage. We just love that title. It's so powerful, and so everybody listen to hear more on that. Todd, any questions or? follow up on that amazing story? What I'm curious about, I mean, I'm starting to think, of course, I'm familiar with parts of that story. I've, I've watched your TED talk a bunch of times, right? Like, and I'm, I'm so moved by the curiosity and courage and kindness. These three, you know, call them values, characteristics. These are things that Bridget and I hold near and dear to our hearts. And I know that you as a, as in business, in life, carry those values forward in the work you do, not just in the volunteer work and facilitating, as you were just talking about, but like in your career, uh, specifically as a trainer, as a facilitator, it's something that your, your company, right, embodies. So how did you make and use this springboard, right, this this amazing story to transition and then take it with you to the work you're doing today? Well, what's interesting about that, Todd, is because I am a Vietnamese refugee raised by Vietnamese refugee parents who weren't exactly thrilled about the idea of chasing your dreams, do what you love, right? So they were always very much in their language and in how they taught us verbally, go to school, get a job, work that job, retire, have fun, right? Because security is very important to them. They came from a place where security was the most important thing to them. So that in their words, that's what they taught me. In their actions though, something completely different, right? Even from that first act of 
following curiosity, asking what if, taking small steps, starting a new career. And just throughout my whole life, I saw my parents teach me through their actions to follow curiosity and take small steps. And for them, I realized in doing this TEDx talk is, wow, what I'm doing right now is not, I didn't make this up. Like I saw it growing up my whole life. They did it out of necessity. I get to do it out of love for it, love for this idea of what possibilities can arise if we follow our curiosities, ask what if, and take small steps. But that realization didn't come up until I did the TEDx talk. So I was writing the TEDx talk. I'm like, like, this is interesting. I love that. Isn't that funny, right? How having to comb through the story and be uh, self-reflective and have a transformation just to be able to speak. I mean, funny, Bridget, that's what your TED Talk is yeah, about. Right. The gifts, right? Right. Not to, I, right, that, uh, right. How we're all here to share our gifts and what better way to do it than a TEDx talk, you know? And it's funny because people come to me now and like, I would like to give a TEDx talk, but I don't think, and I believe everybody's got one or more in them. So I love when I get to connect with people like Van, who who took that step and can now see after the fact how much insight you gained and how you were able to make connections about your experiences in life that you might not have made had you not had the pressure, right, of preparing it for the world to put out on the world stage of, of TED, <laughs> right? And, and sharing it, because honestly, like, like you said, in hindsight, in hindsight, I realized, wow, I'm so glad I did that. Because of, I hear from people the impact is made on their life and, and how it's touched them and how, especially, and even with veterans, veterans hearing the fact that there's someone that was born in Vietnam, fled the country and is appreciative of the work and the sacrifices they made. So to me, it's like the impact afterwards makes me realize that the story is worth telling. Cause honestly, I mean, I told that story at what? I was 40 something years old and. And thinking like, I don't think I thought it was worth telling until that point. Like, I really was like, oh, it's just my story, right? That is unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. That, I hope everybody out there is now thinking, maybe I have a TEDx talk (laughs) in me. Gift to all of us. Yeah. You know, that was the gift. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You unwrapped for all of us. Yeah. So Vun, let's get a little specific because I am so curious about what Lego Play is all about. I've seen, I've since I've met you, I've met a couple of other certified Lego Play facilitators and I'm so intrigued. I'm like fun and, and you actually, people you know, pay you and bring you into their companies. Not that they shouldn't, of course they want to. They, everybody wants to play and have fun, but like, it just sounds so fun, but also like there's so much learning that could come out of it. So without giving it away, because, you know, we want you all to have fun come into your company or your school or your organization to do this, but can you give us a little, like a little teaser of what that's, what that's like? Yes, I'll tell you. So it's called Lego Series Play. I'm a certified facilitator. And that's a real thing. People will ask me, is that a real thing? I got up. I'm like, I make up a lot of things. That's not one of them. <laughs> so Lego Series Play is a facilitation method that's about thinking with your hands. And the idea is, I mean, there's just so much to it. The idea of, and again, it doesn't have to be Legos. It can be really anything where you're doing something tactile. But the concept of it is that when you are building something with your hands, then you separate from your, your idea from yourself just a little bit. It makes it easier to talk about, right? So if I, I do a workshop where I ask people to build a model that represents something you're proud of. And if you ask me that, I might not tell you anything. I might just pick something that's like low-hanging fruit. But by building it, I get out of my head and really get into the idea of building. 
And then when I talk about it, I talk about it from the model. So again, it's once removed for me. Now think about if you're doing that in a group dynamic in a conference room where you're asked to share an idea that's going to impact your, your team or your company. Now you're, you can share your idea from this model and everyone gets to share, everyone gets to build multiple ideas and they all get on the table. And now because, and there's something interesting that's around collaboration too. Now it's much easier to be like, oh, Bridget, how about I add this piece to yours? Or how about we combine these? It's easier to do that with Lego than it is to just speak and be like, oh, Bridget, um, I actually don't want your idea on top of my idea. (laughs) 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 It's mine. It's perfect the way it is. Yeah. So there's something interestingly psychological about having something to build upon. And then what happens is by the time you get to the end of the finish line, even if your idea didn't make it to the finish line, you've now felt that you had a voice in it. So it levels the playing field. It gives everyone a voice. It lets people think more creatively. And, and like you said, it's fun. So what tends to happen is people just think they're having fun and playing. And then they're in the background getting all these amazing results, including coming to a, coming to a, a conclusion of whatever the problem solving is and coming with, up with an end result. But the underlying that is like, we built, we just built trust too. We played together. We built relationships. Yes. Yes. Now, do I have to share the Legos with my colleagues? Like what happens if we both (laughs) want the same pieces at the same time? How do we resolve that conflict? Because that goes on in my kitchen table with my son all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of that so many applications of right uh, and lessons that could be learned in team dynamics and group dynamics and right creativity in um having to even have you ever had participants have to model their emotions or model their thoughts or model a conflicted situation and then describe it? Yes, and that's the beauty of Lego Studios play. It can be as simple as doing something individually, like build something you're proud of, or or you know it. And it's, it's always a builder, right? We never start with like, you know, build the most, the saddest day of your life. Right? <laughs> 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 That's your innermost Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. That might scare me away. <laughs> yeah. So we build it up from just like, because some people like, even, even though Lego in terms of like the creativity that I bring into the workplace, it's probably the lowest hanging fruit. It's probably like the easiest thing. Everyone knows a Lego brick. Everyone can put them together. But even so, there's some of us who haven't picked up a Lego brick in many years. So it's intimidating. So we start by just kind of doing some playful exercise around it. And then we move into a little bit deeper. But the process of the process of Lego series play and the methodology can be used for anything from strategy to team building to conflict management. There's so many and coaching to individual one-on-one coaching. There's just so many uses for it. I think that's one of the reasons we all connect so well is we're kind of We do everything like, you know, our clients can come to us for such a wide range of content expertise. And then we're going to bring all these certifications and different fun ways to incorporate, you know, activity or whatever they need. We can use all these skill sets and these great tools that we have like Legos and play and creativity, um, to, to bring, you know, the, the education that's needed to the table, whatever topic, whatever the topic may be. Right. So I love that. Vun, this morning I actually did a team building workshop and so much of it was play. There was a whole bunch of like, you know, fun. And, but we've had to, as you know, get really 
creative ourselves and being virtual with teams and trying to capture what we would do in person. What are some of the things that you're bringing aside from like Legos and things like that? What are other ways that you're bringing creativity and fun and and bringing that into the workplace for businesses? So when we first shut down, I was like, I'm just going to lay in bed until, <laughs> yes. until everything opens up again. I had, I had zero, zero, zero interest. Just two in weeks. Doing, yeah, right. I had zero interest in doing, and I got a lot of Netflix in that two weeks. I really had no interest in doing anything virtually. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so hands-on. I couldn't even see how I was going to bring this virtual. And then, you know, a client called and said, it was actually the Honor Foundation, right? We have a new cohort coming in. We'd love to do transition night. How can we do that? I was like, well, let me figure it out. So I ended up sending creativity kits, right? So now I send creativity kits to the clients. Everyone gets one. There's a big sticker on the top that says, do not open until we meet. So it adds like this little element of surprise to it. So I'm still able to do virtually very similar things I did in person, except the collaboration. It's hard to collaborate with Legos, you know, over a screen. But then the other things we do is just games and activities to Get people to feel like they're in the room together. Or, or you know, when you say team, team building, I think of team building and, and team development as well. So team building, kind of get to know each other. And then how do you add team development to that? How do you add, how do we not only get to know each other, have fun together, but how do we get to know how we can work better together? So, so activities around values, and but through play as well. I just do one. I don't know if we've ever done one of these together. Bridget, where I'll just ask questions. We have like 35 people on the screen and I'll just start asking questions. I'll start with something simple, like leave your camera on if you've, if you need coffee in the morning before you speak to anyone else, right? And then we can see. <laughs> that would be Todd. <laughs> You're still on. Still I'm on. With you too, Todd. <laughs> and then we kind of go through a few that are just, you know, tame. And then the last, one of the questions I might ask is, I can do the floss. I'm willing to show you right now. <laughs> Dude, the floss? Wait a minute. The is this floss. the dance? The, oh, no. no. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. But if I had Isabella here, I'd say, come on, do it. She'd be like, oh, yeah. Can you show us one? <laughs> oh, I don't know how to do it. My camera goes off for that one. Oh, it's just, okay. I get it. So it's just an there's icebreaker. Arms, hips, right, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, oh, how fun. That's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think what people are missing, I think, is that is the connections that you get just by passing by people in the office. So what we have to do as facilitators virtually is create those moments intentionally, right? They're not going to happen just off the cuff. We really have to be intentional about, about creating time and time, space, and tools to create that connection. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I love those ideas. That's really fun. And that's a great way of being creative and using what you've got because with Zoom, you can do hide your, you know, hide non-video participants. And so, right, you can, that's all you need to do to be able to play that game. And it's just like the old icebreaker games we did in person where step over the line if this is true for you or, you know, all those fun stand if, you know, shout if this. So so you we have all found ways to replicate that to the best of our ability in the virtual world. And what's interesting about that is it's so important, even though, like you were saying, we thought it was only going to be two weeks. Look how long it's been. So we had to, we needed to figure it out. And now that we have, who knows how much we'll go back to in person and how much we'll stay virtual. So we've all built these skills that will serve us forever. So, you know, creativity. And, and, kudos, yeah. and kudos to us because that was all very creative. Yes. All the facilitators <laughs> yes. have been able to yeah. do things differently. Yes. 
I mean, we hit pause on the conversation, but Vaughn, right before we started recording this, was telling us, uh, like, what was the, you were telling us about a, 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 something you're doing this weekend of canoeing. checking out a new. Canoeing? Yeah. What, what, what yeah. <laughs> I am going on a canoe trip with a leadership organization called Karen Leadership. They're based out of San Diego, and they do leadership training by through Outdoor Adventures. And I decided to sign up for this Black Canyon canoe trip. And don't ask me any other questions. I don't really know anymore. <laughs> I love that about you, Vaughn. That's so, Courage. so you. Like, I, it just sounded great. I'm going to go do it. I love that. That's awesome. No, I'm sure it'll be an amazing experience. That's fantastic. I'm excited about it. Yeah. 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 But that is creativity. Like, creativity is doing things that are different, doing things in a new way. And being open to experience. Yeah. I want to dig into that word more with you, Vun, because it's really like a big part of your brand and who you are. It's like curiosity, creativity. I know there's more to it, but I find a lot of people say, and you probably hear this too, oh, I'm not the creative type, right? (laughs) And I've come to learn at at 52, like I am creative. I may not be the person who's going to paint a painting, although I might, you know, as I get older, I'm like open to everything, but that's not the only form of creativity, right? We're all creative. We can all be creative. So what's your answer to, you know, we have so many different people types of people who listen, teachers and, and parents and entrepreneurs and people who work for companies, you know, how would you address someone and say, yes, you can be creative. You are creative. Like explore this. It's so important to your development and your enjoyment of your life. What would you say? Well, I tell people, just like you said, we are all innately creative. Your creativity is going to look different on you than my creativity is going to look on me. And I think when you say creativity, people tend to think, art, like, or visual arts, artistic ability. And that's not what creativity is, especially when you bring it into the workplace. Creativity is really about thinking differently, right? Being able to take two things that don't have anything to do with each other and bring ideas together. And when you think about when you like bridge, like you didn't think you were creative, like, um, how many years have you been designing courses? Right. 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 <laughs> right. Like that comes from your creativity. Um, and yeah, so I talk, I tell people, and especially if I am bringing in like visual art stuff, like it's not about how creative you are. It's literally, or how artistic you are. It's literally just about uh, using your hands, put pen to paper, sketch something and see what comes out. And not even just like, not in terms of results on the paper, but see what comes out for you in terms of what you learn about yourself. There's something really deep that resonates with me in this idea, because I think I've talked about in the past, but I'll say it again here. I always thought I wasn't that creative and I have a insanely creative father. You know, he's a, he's a Grammy award winning songwriter and producer, right? Like, so I grew up on the floor of his studio wholeheartedly believing like that's creativity, right? Melodies, lyrics, right? Writing music, speaking, like you said about Bridge Yourself, like creating content, right? Creating uh, lessons, writing taking ideas and making them palatable and able to understand for a wide audience, right? All the different things we do to be creative or synthesize material and offer it. But I never saw that early on in my life. And so to connect that to some other, this other idea, right? Before this podcast, I was talking to my friend who does threat assessment for a a large university. And we were talking and for private sector uh, organizations as well, right? And we were talking about workplace violence, because that's what he is often, he's on that side of things, right? We're on one side, he's on the other. And I asked him, I said, well, what do you think, you know, what is it? And he said, meaning, right? There's so, there's a lack of meaning and purpose that goes on in all, it is a common thread that kind of runs through all of this. 
And it got me thinking about this, what you teach, like what you offer, and this idea that you just shared about creativity and how it's not just about playing with something or, or believe, like about creating a work of art, but about tapping into parts of ourselves that come alive and bring meaning and purpose to the work we do or to our personal lives. Do you have any thoughts about that, Vun? Oh, absolutely. So it's so interesting because my work is driving creativity in the workplace for innovation, um, ideation. And what I find is because of the tools I bring in there, people will come back afterwards like, oh, you know, you really brought out the creativity in me, right? Because we are all creative. Like we're born, we've been creative. When we're children, we were creative. And that's taught out of us. And there's so many people come back like, you know, my, my, I took my kids out to the beach today, picked up rocks, we started coloring. I've never, I haven't done that before. I haven't done that in years. I start watercoloring again. Right. So, so even though the idea is not that, that I'm teaching people how to be creative artists, you know, sparking that, that curiosity and that feeling of, or that emotion that creativity brings out in them, you know, they are able to come back to their creativity. It feels so good. Yeah. It feels good. Right. It releases those endorphins that feel good. Right. And if, and if it's happening with other people, like our kids or friends, it's even more enjoyable and wonderful. And it's part of life that we need to, we need to make time for. I think that also a lot of people think, well, that's an extra thing. Being creative, I'll do that when I'm, you know, when I have some free time, which nobody feels like they have. And it's like, no, it needs to be integrated into our lives to have rich, full, well-rounded lives, right? So that's another question I had for you. You know, we're, we only have a few minutes left with you, I know, because you're going to go play with your son. Let's just tell that's people, right. which is great. <laughs> we, have right. a, we have a hard end time, as we should, on a Friday evening almost, yeah. right? Boundaries, because Bun's going to go play fun. with our son, which I was like, yes, and I'm going to go but for, I'm gonna go for a walk. Too. Yeah, yeah, but it's all fun, right? We make it all fun. And I'm going to go right after that in 10 minutes or so for a walk with my husband and my dog. So it's all good. But the question is, when people say, you know, I'm just curious to hear your take on this too, it's like, I don't have time for that, right? It feels like extra. It feels like fluff. And we all agree, of course, the three of us, like, no, it's essential to a full life. So what do you say about that one? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just going to bring it back to the workplace because that happens when I bring my work in the workplace too. Like, oh, you know, we, we don't have time for that. But that's like saying we don't have time for the best ideas to come out, right? Because that's really what we're doing with creativity is you're giving everyone a chance to have their voice heard in a way that they can express their voice. And if you are truly, and maybe some companies are not, right? But if you are truly invested in, in your people, in innovation, and getting all the best ideas on the table, then you can't do that with left brain analytical thinking alone, right? You have to get creative. You have to allow the people, like I use this all the time where I am the person, if you're in a conference room, if we're in a conference room and you ask a question, I'm, the, I'm never going to give you any ideas. Honestly, like I will be the last person to give you any ideas because I don't think that way. I don't talk to think. I really have to think about what I'm going to say or write it out or draw it out. So through these creative tools, what you're doing is giving everyone in the room a chance to express their ideas in a way that makes sense for their cognitive diversity. And only doing that are you going to get all the best ideas on the table. And I guess you can just take that and, tra- and bridge it right to what you're asking about, to the personal life, right? If you don't have time for creativity, then you're, you're not living, like you said earlier, like really not living a full life. I love your answer. Yep. 
maybe just enduring or existing rather than living. Yeah, exactly. Just right. Just existing rather than fully living and embracing life. I love that. I love your answer. So great. Yes. And I so agree. And it's inspiring me. Well, so then it's a perfect segue. So last episode on the podcast, we had Lauren and Niall on discussing the question. It's amazing juxtaposition because we had a really serious discussion about a serious topic. How can I be an anti-racist? And in that episode, like we're going to ask you in a minute, but in that episode, we asked her like, hey, you don't know who our next guest is, but what's a question that you want us to ask our next guest? So Vun, right on time. Yeah. What is his question straight from the brilliant Lauren and Niall? What would an evolved humanity look and feel like to you? Oh, that's interesting. An evolved humanity would look like we, oh, this is an interesting one because I've been thinking a lot about like just that for me personally, like what does, does an evolved bun look like? And I think if you take it like a humanity on an individual level that you're, that is lacking judgment of self first right? So that you can lack judgment of others and that we all just show up. And I think that like, I literally think this could change the world, right? Like we all just show up, not trying to impress other people, but really just allowing ourselves to be our, who we naturally authentically, I, I know that you word authentic is overused, that we're living into our own natural character strengths and not trying to be anything other than that. I love it. Yeah. So perfect. Vaughn. I purposely didn't reveal a couple of the other thoughts because I didn't want to color your answer, you know, you know, change your answer. But Lauren Nile, what she said was, if we as humans were beyond all our prejudices, our biases, our biases, our isms, what would the quality of human life be like? What would we be able to accomplish? And you sort of, you went to that same place and really took it to the personal, right? Which is the work that we were talking about with her is like, what's the work I have to do personally? And then how do I carry that work out in into the world and be a, be a force for good and, and try to leave things better? So what a beautiful answer, Vun. And on that note, we need to ask you, what's a question you'd like us to ask our next guest? Ooh, what they had for dinner last night? Can we do that? Was that just a joke? One? I'm gonna do that one. <laughs> we'll do one. We'll do two. What okay, for what's dinner? Your dinner? I always want to know because I'm always looking for dinner ideas. So I'll definitely listen <laughs> to that one. Let's see. Oh, here's one. What was the last thing you were curious about? Yes, 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 yes. The last thing that you're could go anywhere. About, oh yeah, <laughs> I would have fifty million answers to that question. I am so curious about everything. I want to know everything about everything. <laughs> That's why I love this podcast. I get to ask questions about everything. I'm writing that down. What was the last thing you were curious about? Oh, such a great question. Uh, I'll tell you mine. It was Todd took me on a little tour of the house before. I'm like, how? How'd you? Kill that one plant, but the one next to it. <laughs> so thriving. I, yeah, that I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. They're the same plant. They were in the same spot, and yet one died and the other lived. Maybe it was the soil. I don't right. know. Curiosity doesn't water. have to be deep. It just has. You know, yeah. Right? <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Curiosity about everything. Yes, I love it. Oh, thank you. That is such a great question, and we'll have fun asking our next guest, whoever that may be. We like to keep that a surprise. But I I enjoyed talking 
talking with you so much fun. I thank you so much for making the time to be with us and for being so wonderful and all the time, all the work we do together and all the connections we have. And I always get excited when I get to see you, whether it's in one of our groups that we go to together or something we're working on. So thank you so, so much fun. And we want to make sure that everybody out there knows that in the show notes, you can find Vun's website and her TEDx talk, which you've just got to watch and all the other information that will help you to find her. Find her on social media too. Of course, she's out there. She's a fantastic LinkedIn poster. I just aspire to be Vun when I grow up in the LinkedIn world because <laughs> she's always posting such great value there. And I, I thank you for that. I appreciate it because I know when I go on LinkedIn, I'm going to find something great if I follow you. So we'll make sure everybody has your information and knows where to find you. Sounds great. And thank you so much, Bridget and Todd, for having me. I was excited to get the invitation because I always love spending time with the two of you. Oh, thank you. Well, but, you know, there was a lot of value in what you offered here today. And as you can hear and if you watched, you can see the fun that we're having, right? There's a lot of a lot of happiness, a lot of joy and having I really encourage you to have Vun come to your workplace, have her come in because that life that you feel just right through your ears, through your headphones is even grander when you experience like the real thing. So I, I can't speak highly enough of Vun and the work that she's doing and, and how impressed I am by it. And just again, how thankful we are that she's took time to, to hang out with us and share this information and this knowledge and this wisdom with, with all of our listeners. So thank you, Vun. Thank you very much. Until next time, as we say, be good good people and make good choices. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to the Right Questions podcast. We hope this episode sparked something that fuels your own inquiry and transformation. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast app. If you want to learn more about the work we do and how it can benefit you, check out our website, sampsoncoachingandconsulting.com and connect with me on Instagram at thebridgetsampson. And you can find me at Todd Parker Official. We'll catch you next week. Until then, dare to ask the right questions.